0: So I'm lifting with my buddy Nate a couple of weeks ago. hadn't seen him in, hadn't seen him in a while, so we're catching up. And as we're lifting and we're talking about life, he asked me a question. He's like, "Man, I remember somewhere like in your early 30s, like you just got really ripped one day, <laughs> you know? And you could tell like as soon as he said it, he kind of meant like, well, not, like you were no slouch before, like you had a good foundation or whatever. But I just remember like one day you turn it on." You know, and it's been like that since. And, what, what did you do different? It's a valid question. And it's, it's one that we should talk about. It's one, cause what he was trying to say is like, in so many words is Paul, you had an average physique, maybe, maybe the high end of average, but average nonetheless. And if I were to just say like, Hey, oh, I just started doing this many reps or I just started eating this much protein now, that would, that would sell the thing way short. Because that's not what the difference is. There's a valuable lesson in here in why I was average and how I broke out of it and how you can use it to break out of other areas in your life as well where you're feeling stuck or where you're, where you're feeling just average or mediocre. There's a powerful, power, powerful, powerful lesson here about motivation. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back to Missing Peace, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the reviews that have been coming in. <laughs> like I really appreciate that. That helps other people find the podcast So if you haven't done so already. Um, you know, I'd love to hear from you on the reviews and then joining our discord channel. Missing, you can just go to missing dot com, join discord. That's, that's where I'm hanging out. Um, dropping free trainings each week and just, um, you know, build, adding value where I can. So let's, um, let's get into it. Let's talk about motivation. And maybe I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've talked, I talk about this with my clients quite a bit. There's two types of motivation. There's, there's really only two, two ways you can motivate a human to move. And the first one is to move away from pain. So there's something, there's something you don't like and you dislike it so much pain or punishment that you are going to, you're going to do something about it. Okay. And that's like losing weight. Like I can't stand this extra 20 pounds. I can't stand the way my stomach fits. So I'm going to starve myself and hit the treadmill until, or or whatever you're going to do to lose till I lose this 20 pounds. It motivates you to move. And you can also be motivated toward pleasure. So when you have a very clear vision in your brain about what you want or something, you're so sold on how amazing something's going to be when you achieve it, you can be motivated to, 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 to move towards it. Right. And it's fun. To, it's really important because these two are fundamentally different. So it's really important to understand the difference between the two is that being motivated by pain. It, it causes it causes faster. Like it causes you to do stuff. It causes you to go. But it, it, it burns hot. You know, it's energetically draining. It's exhausting to constantly be motivated by pain. And not only that, but as soon as that pain is gone, the motivation fades away. Whereas if you are motivated towards pleasure, it's energizing. It gives you more energy as you pursue this vision, and not only that, but a full vision, um, a very clear vision, never goes away. You're you're always drawn towards it. And so, if I if I'm if I'm looking at my fitness journey, <clears throat> but previous to the point where Nate was asking me about, I had let pain motivate me to that point. And what I mean by that is, at first, there was the pain of being scrawny. Okay. I hated that. I hated that. I hated feeling weak. I hated feeling overlooked. I hated feeling unnoticeable. I hated it. And that motivated me to lift weights and eat a bunch of food. <laughs> and if you do that, like if you've never lifted weights in your life, And you're, you're like young, like I was, I was like 19 or 20. So like optimal physiological, physiological state. So you lift a bunch of weights, eat a bunch of food. You can very easily gain 20 or 30 pounds of muscle over the course of your first two to three years of lifting. You can gain more body weight than that because you'll accumulate some fat with it. So I would say all in all, I think I gained about 40 pounds over the course of possibly more. I think I was like 170 when I started and then went all the way up to 210 at one point. And, um, You know, that solved that problem. I was no longer in pain of being skinny or being scrawny. But now, now I had this pain of feeling like, okay, like I'm this sort of like bench press machine, like bicep curl type big. But like I want to feel useful and athletic. You know what I mean? So that's when I got into functional training. So this is like, you know, the late 2000s. Functional training was all the rage and I so uh, I started working on deadlifting and um, kettlebell stuff and Turkish get-ups and weighted pull-ups and things that were like impressive sort of athletic feats in the gym. And so now I felt big and strong and I also felt athletic and useful. But then I felt like, well, I'm just gym strong. I had this little twinge like I have no application for any of this physicality that I've built up. And that's when I started training jujitsu. You know, I have a real world application, like I'm big and strong in the gym, but then I also, I can apply it to something and then scratch that itch and I'm training in jujitsu. I'm training, competing, and it's fun. And I feel like it's come together enough. Like to be honest with you, I don't have any more pain. And so now I'm going to keep doing the things I've done to get me here, but pushing further past that, I don't really have a motivation to do. You know, I don't have a great motivator, so I'm going to keep doing the things I'm doing so I don't slide backwards into those areas where I felt a pain. But I don't have a big vision pulling me forward. And so that's where a lot of people find themselves, to be honest with you. They have enough, but they hadn't focused on what they really wanted as an end result. There's not a crystal clear picture. And so he kind of just lived in meh. And that story of motivation for my physique... It really parallels my life and my career specifically. Uh, specifically when I talk about like my breaking into the fitness industry, starting my own business and, and where we are today. But it's like the initial pain was I had a normalish like sales job. So I was passionate about fitness because by this point I had put on muscle and I felt great about myself and it had fucking changed my whole outlook on life. And so I wanted to be in the fitness industry, but I was doing like other shit because I didn't think that the fitness industry was a real job at the time. I was like, man, that's not a career. Like, how will I ever make like money? And, you know, so I kind of felt like I was wasting my life doing something that wasn't meaningful to me. But more importantly, like I was completely unemployable. Uh, Being under someone else's thumb and having to do stupid tasks that I couldn't tie a meaning to just because that's quote unquote the way we've always done it or whatever stupid shit bosses say. I mean, I was completely unemployable and it it caused a tremendous amount of friction in my soul to have to be an employee. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like it, I wish my life would be so much simpler if I could just, you know, at times, at times my life would be so much simpler if I could just buckle down and listen to people and be a good employee, but I, I don't have that in me. And so my life is more complex, but it's also more fulfilling because of that. But anyway, that was my pain. So I'm wearing a suit and tie and I'm doing sales calls and I'm, you know, doing the corporate thing, but it's like every Sunday night and Monday morning, I'm just like, Oh my God, I have to go do this again. And it just felt like I was wasting my life. That was a pain. And I did have kind of a vision. So I see, you know, on social media, I see like other people who have these like little warehouse type gyms and I'm like, I can do that. So I've got a little vision, but it's like, It was more just like the grass is greener, but that pain, the combination of the pain of feeling like I'm wasting my life in my career and that little tiny vision of like, Hey, I could probably get to a point where I have my own gym one day that led to some aggressive movement. So that pain of feeling like I'm wasting my life. I am completely unemployable. Like I never want to work for anybody ever again. It led to some aggressive movement. I studied my ass off in my spare time. Right? So now instead of drinking and partying on the weekends, I'm fucking reading You know the essentials of strength and conditioning from the NSCA. Um, I'm taking vacation time to travel out of state and go take courses, in person courses, with the various gurus, so I can improve my knowledge of personal training. Um, I'm starting to acquire clients on the side, side hustling, driving all around the Skyline area doing in-home personal sessions. And then I decide, okay, I need to figure out how I can channel this into, you know, uh, some sort of brick-and-mortar business. So I hire a consulting company. And they helped me find a sublease situation where I sublet a little corner of another gym that already existed to conduct business as an independent contractor. And I bought my own equipment to put in there, my own just, you know, at first it was just 10 kettlebells. And I started building that way. And then as soon as I had the clientele to support it, I took out another loan to expand and create my own facility. So now I had my own. So here it is. I have accomplished the vision over the course of three years. Right from 2010 to where I, you know, gave my resignation to the suit and tie world, and to 2013, like now I'm sitting here in a warehouse. My name is on the commercial lease. My logo is on the wall, and it's it's my it's my spot, dude. I'm living the dream. But it was also kind of like, man, it was like okay, I got the gym, but now what? But now what? You know, life life was okay. You know, um, the bills were paid. but there wasn't a ton of financial abundance. In fact, some, some months there was zero financial abundance. Um, I had staff and I enjoyed them. But I wasn't like on fire to lead them. I wasn't like this transformational leader who was like pulling the potential out of all these young people. Uh, you know, no, it's having like petty, like just typical management bullshit. <clears throat> and this is also where my physique was. Maybe it was on the high end of average. Maybe clients who came to get personal training were like, well, I'd like to look like you. That would be my after picture. But it wasn't like a head turning physique on a beach. You know what I mean? You know, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, that dude's in the fitness industry. Like, I'm going to be real with you. It wasn't. So, yeah, maybe on the high end of average, but average nonetheless, and average doesn't stand out. And just being in this spot led to, you know, really the most frustrating period of my adult life. Like um, the pain was gone. <laughs> you know The pain was gone. I, I have the gym. I don't work for anybody else. And yeah, I've got some stress from being a business owner, but it's my stress, damn it. It's my business. But I wasn't, I had nothing pulling me forward. I didn't have a big enough vision to pull me forward. Um, you know, maybe, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I'm a daydreamer. Always have been. Always have been. And so I had I had visions in my head. I had daydreams. But maybe I was scared to admit how big of a life I actually fantasized about. Maybe I was scared to admit how much money I actually wanted to make and how much freedom I actually wanted to have. How much impact I wanted to have. How much relevance and social status I actually wanted to have. Maybe I was scared to admit that to myself. or, or to, And if I was scared to admit that to myself. There's no way I can admit that to others and ask for help. But maybe, not maybe, it's true, I didn't think I deserved that kind of life. Maybe I didn't think I deserved to have financial abundance and a job that I loved and relevance and status. I didn't think I deserved any of that shit. Or maybe I just didn't believe I could do it. So I was protecting myself. You know what I mean? No, dude, don't don't go out there and fail. Just live small. And, you know, all those things sort of, they're all like links in a chain that kept me stuck, right? But the actual cuff, you know, the the, the actual shackle that kept me stuck was I found people who were in a similar spot as me to commiserate with and to validate me. Yeah, this is a tough business, isn't it, Paul? Like, it's impossible to to make any money, isn't it? Oh, my gosh, all these staff problems. Staff is the worst. Oh, man, it's nice that we can get our clients in shape, but how come our workouts always have to come last? I'm in the worst shape I've ever been in after being in the fitness industry for seven years. You know, and I found people who validated me. Yeah, I feel that too, man. I'm so glad you feel that, because now I don't feel so alone. And that feels good in the moment, but man, that's a fucking prison. So going back to this moment in my early 30s where I decided, I didn't just decide to get jacked. I decided to change a lot of things. But this is what changed. So going back to my physique, when, what, what was Nate talking about? Like, man, there's this one day you just turn it on. What happened? I changed, I changed internally. My world changed internally. I decided I do want more. I admitted that to myself. You know what I mean? I don't want to live in scarcity anymore. I don't want to live in just get by mode anymore. I want more for my life. I don't want to just have a small little tiny mom and pop business with a small impact. I want a large impact. I want the status and the relevance that comes with that. I want way more than to just get by. And so what I did, the actual change was that I changed my identity to become the person I changed my identity to become the person who was capable of achieving all those things I saw in my head. And then, because I took on that identity, all my decisions and habits were in alignment with that new identity. So self-care, it's no longer a half-assed, tired workout after I've you know closed, closed the shop for the morning, right? Which is what I used to do. I used to train people from 5 to like 11 and then just be like fucking exhausted and do a half-assed workout. No, my training is a priority in my day. My nutrition is now a priority. And if my self-care is a priority, guess what? I am now hiring. I'm now bringing in my coaches to tell me what to do, to hold me accountable, to hold me to a higher standard. I'm getting the help that I need to take care of myself because that's what a fucking leader does. Right? They have the self-care habits that allow them to expand into the person who's capable of leading a movement and leading a staff and having a business that's capable of making the impact they want. So I opened the doors to coaching, not only about uh, my self-care, but on my business too. Like, all right, dude, I can't do this on my own. I need somebody who's done some big shit to come in, look at my business, not be afraid to show my books, point out the weak spots and fix that shit. I brought out, I brought an outside perspective and I changed my stab. I changed my standards. I raised my standards. There are certain things I'm no longer willing to accept in my life. And I did a whole podcast on raising my standards a couple episodes ago. I recommend you go back and listen to it. In the physique, the getting ripped, that was just a side effect of that. It was a side effect of changing my identity and aligning my thoughts and habits with a new identity. And so to, to, to replicate that process, if you're feeling stuck, you're like, how do I do that? How do I do that? There's two. You got to break it up. So first, there's your internal world. Then there's your external world. For your internal world, look, I already know you have the vision. I know, I know that you daydream and fantasize about what you want for your life. I know you do. So what you need to do is give yourself permission to go after that. Give yourself permission to go after what you see in your head. Sell yourself on why it's the most important thing you can do in this world to make that vision a reality. And... You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons you can sell yourself and why you should. There's a lot of reasons you can sell yourself and why you shouldn't. And, you know, people have different reasons. But I, a lot of people bring their kids and their legacy into it, you know. And I'll just say this, man. As far as legacy goes, as far as kids go, I never want my kids to see a dad who was defeated. who is so defeated by the thought, by the fear of failure that he never actually tried. I never want my kids to see me so scared of failure, so terrified that I could ever screw up that I just never even tried to do the things I wanted to do. The most important thing I can do for them is set an example of somebody who goes after what they want, regardless of what the outcome is. That's how I sell myself. There's a million variations to that. Now, once you give yourself permission to go after it, here's, it's, a, it's a bit of like a dichotomy, but give yourself permission to fail, to quit or to change paths. And when I say fail, I mean, it's really in air quotes, right? Like you don't actually fail. There's only feedback. And so if you go after something massive in your whole business, your whole life burn comes crash to the ground, burns up because of it, did you fail? I don't think so. I think you just learned a really valuable lesson and you'll be able to rebuild 10 times faster anyway because now you're coming from a place of experience. You think successful people never have setbacks? Right? Like you think you think people just you think people who have reached the upper echelons of achievement in business or whatever, you think they like you think you think a Pulitzer prize winning, you know, author never got a rejection letter from a publishing house? You think they never wrote a shitty article or a shitty book? Of course they did. That's part of the process. So give yourself permission to engage in the process without feeling like you have to be perfect. But then as far as quitting or changing paths go, understand that crafting a vision isn't a one and done thing. It's not just like, Oh, I have the vision. Now I go after it. No, as you go after it, new information will come to light. You'll learn a few things along the way. You'll learn some things about yourself. You will change. Your environment will change. So you need to take that feedback and be open to implementing that feedback, which sometimes comes down to this is no longer for me and I'm going to change paths and go over here now. Totally okay. Give yourself permission to do that because now you've removed any sort of fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a failure if I don't see this thing through. No, you're a failure if you don't try. So that's the internal world. Give yourself permission to go after it. Give yourself permission to fail, uh, fail quit or change paths. And then there's the external world. Change your environment. Change your environment. Because the people you surround yourself with will validate different things about you based on what's going on in their world, and if you're making excuses and you're and you're you know wallowing and how hard everything is, the people around you will validate that. If you if you choose certain people, they will validate that in you because they want to be validated in that. Right. Option two you can surround yourself with people who don't accept excuses who don't accept pity parties and instead they will validate your ambitions and they will validate you going after your dreams and they will validate they will validate you having given yourself permission they will validate you having taken care of yourself first. Those are the people you want to surround yourself with if you want to get unstuck can't can't be commiserating (laughs) So I'm just going to wrap this up by saying this, you, you weren't made for average. No humans were when you daydream. And I know you do. And you fantasize about what you want your life to be. You're not picturing yourself navigating life broke and fat and with a spouse. That's more of a roommate than a lover. That's not what you see. You see yourself robust, physically capable, living, living your purpose with abundance, with a, with a spouse who's more like a co-ruler of your kingdom, and kids who look to you as the leader of the family. You see yourself as the hero. Yet somehow there's this social conditioning. It's kind of a spell that's been cast over all of us, is that when those daydreams come in, you know what I mean? When, when we start to see those things in our head, we, we, we push them off. We say, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. It's the worst spell imaginable and so what the world needs is for more people to break that spell because when you do that you show other people what's possible and you encourage them to do the same for themselves all right hope this resonated with you if it does again hit me up on discord i'd love to hear your your feedback and thanks for listening appreciate it guys have an awesome day